Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Friday, February the 4th, 2022, and you have survived the week. Congratulations. And hopefully you're doing okay. I know this big uh, winter storm has been uh, hitting uh, from Texas all the way up to New England, and it's uh, all points in between. So prayerfully, you're warm, you're safe, you have your power on. I don't know. We're doing very well, it seems like, in our neck of the woods. We we expected things to be a little bit more dicey on the roads, but I don't know. I think it's okay. I'm not sure. But I am at home today. The team is in the studio. Praise be to God. Uh, we're going to have a great show for you today. Uh, protesting the Church of Satan. Uh, the Church of Satan, now that's uh, air quotes and little c, right? Uh, they're in Flagstaff, Arizona, with a big conference coming up in a week. And what is the church going to do about that? The actual real church, the true church, the body of Christ? We're going to talk to Jesse Romero to get the latest information on what should be done, what can be done, and what is being done to uh, stand our ground against the, air quotes, Church of Satan. Also coming up at 35 past the hour, Kendra Tierney is going to be back on. Now, you remember Ken- Kendra, she's been on a couple of times. CatholicAllYear.com is her website. And uh, we're going to be talking about living liturgically with the family through the holy season of Lent. How to prepare, what you might consider doing as a family, as a couple, individually, how to set goals, how to keep them. All of that with Kendra Tierney coming up at 35 past the hour. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Can you hear me? Hey, Joe. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's Friday, right? It's Friday. You know, we're working out the kinks here. <laughs> we're working out the kinks. Uh, God is so very good. Crazy stories. I don't know if you saw the one about the Greek uh, soccer player who uh, died of another heart attack. I mean, I, no. can 2021 Yikes. and 2022, they're going to be known as the, the year that young, athletically built, in great shape uh, athletes killed over you know, spontaneously of what a coincidence, huh? I mean, bizarre. Unfortunately, this young man was 21, died, no defibrillator in the entire stadium. Oh, man. Not one. I mean, that's kind of tragic, isn't it? Uh, But don't worry, they did not mention one single reference to the uh, vaccine mandate and and his needing to get the shot. They didn't link, they didn't mention it at all in the story, so Hmm. don't worry about that, I guess. Uh, Also, a cardinal is calling for the changing of the church's teaching on homosexual acts and relationships. Kind of a sad story. Not sure we'll get to that. Maybe in the after show, we'll have to see. And uh, Pelosi is warning others to to not give the Chinese a hard time around the Olympics. Go easy on them, she says. (laughs) So... There is that. I've also Anything heard, the- uh, yeah, I've also heard, uh, speaking of China, that uh, the I, I, some some State Department or some some uh, government agency is saying to the participants, don't bring your cell phones, don't bring your ter- your personal cell phones to China. They could probably <laughs> spy on you. So. Probably good advice. <laughs> Get a burner phone from Walmart and take that. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be better. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Did you, uh, you survive the, the cold blast last night? <laughs> it, was, I mean, it, was, <laughs> it was a big nothing burger. I'll tell you that. I was, for us. Uh, yes, yeah, for us. True. I was looking. I, I went on to the, I was checking the roads this morning to see what would, if it, it was safe to go, to go out. 
and I look around in the uh, on the map because they have a we have a map that you can check the ice and road closures and all that kind of things. And it was look and it looks at Texas and it says ice everywhere, it's ice <laughs> everywhere. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's crazy. So I started wow. zooming in onto Houston, and the yeah. more I zoom in, the less ice I see. And right. then I get all the way down to where we're at, and there's like nothing. And I'm like, nothing. okay, I'm go- I'm going. There we go, no right. problem. So there you yeah. go, folks. My kids were all excited last night. They thought they were going to get snow. They were they couldn't wait. They're like, "Dad, <laughs> you have to work tomorrow." I'm like, "Yeah, I got to work." Ah, oh, darn it, we want to play in the snow. I'm like, "We're going to go sledding." There's not going to be any snow. So. <laughs> you get sled. What sled? I never needed one. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, praise. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people got snow last night somewhere. Just Dallas not here. Did. Yeah, I saw a video this morning of a, a Canadian riding the back of a of a buffalo with his Canadian flag. So maybe he's having a good time in the snow. Is he wow. part of the caravan? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There should be a buffalo uh, caravan. Maybe that would get the attention of the politicians up there. By the way, we may cover that a little bit more in depth next week. Uh, Alan Smith, friend of the show and uh, and author and speaker on Fulton Sheen. Is uh, we're going to try to get him on the show to see what the latest is up there. But all right, we got to jump into it. We have a great uh, hour lined up for you. We have uh, the Saint of the Day, Gospel Day, some breaking news for you. Jesse Romero coming up at 15 past the hour and Kendra Tierney at 35. Let's pray for your intentions and for uh, justice to be realized, God's holy justice on, in the world through his charity, mercy, and the body of Christ standing up. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos. And now your headline news this morning. New York Post reports, White House no longer calling Russian invasion of Ukraine imminent. What's in a word? The Biden administration may be finding out. After repeatedly claiming in recent days that a Russian invasion of Ukraine was imminent, the White House has stopped using the word because it sent the wrong message, Press Secretary Jen Psaki told reporters on Wednesday. I used that word once, I think others have used that once, and then we stopped using it because I think it sent a message that we we weren't intending to send, which is that we knew Russian President Vladimir Putin had made a decision about invading, Psaki said during her regular press briefing. I would say the vast majority of times I've talked about it and said he could invade at any time. That's true, she added. We still don't know what he what decision he's made. End quote. Reuters reports Amazon hikes prime membership fees in US as wages and costs increase. Amazon.com Incorporated on Thursday said it was raising the price of its annual US Prime subscriptions by 17%, as it looks to offset higher costs for shipping and wages that it expects to persist this year. Shares rose as much as 17% in extended trade as Amazon also beat profit expectations for the holiday season. If shares increase on Friday by that much, it would be the stock's biggest percentage gain since October, and it would grow founder Jeff Bezos' wealth by about $20 billion. For the holiday quarter, Amazon earned $14.3 billion, double its net income from a year earlier. That included a pre-tax gain of $11.8 billion from its stake in electronic car maker Rivian Automotive. Axios reports 
Apple and Google could be forced to give up full control of their app stores. Apple and Google's control over mobile apps markets face increasingly strong challenges as a state Senate committee poised, is poised to advance a tough new bill in the U.S. and the gatekeeper app store model showing signs of wear across the globe. The Open App Markets Act, which Apple and Google are fighting, is expected to win Senate Judiciary Committee approval on Thursday. Should it become law, Google and Apple would essentially have to give up full control of their app stores. New rules could require both of them to allow app sideloading, installing apps from non-sanctioned market marketplaces and alternative payment processing systems. And the Blaze reports Trudeau says there are no plans to call in military dissent to end Freedom Convoy protest. That seems wise. According to Reuters, more than 200 trucks and other vehicles have formed a blockade in Ottawa's downtown area since last Friday, when a Freedom Convoy descended on the Canadian capital, capital to demand an end to COVID-19 vaccine mandates. One has to be very cautious before deploying military in situations engaging Canadians, said Trudeau, who has fiercely criticized the protesters as a small fringe minority. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is a really really interesting story. St. Theophilus the Penitent, born in the 5th century. Theophilus was the archdeacon of Adana Sicily, or Cilicia. He was unanimously elected to be a bishop, and when out of humility he turned down the position, another man was elected in his stead. Theophilus regretted his previous stance after the new bishop started persecuting him, and he sought out a necromancer who helped him contact Satan. In exchange for his aid, Satan demanded that Theophilus renounced Christ and the Virgin Mary in a contract signed with his own blood. Theophilus complied and the devil gave him the position as bishop. Later, fearful for his soul, Theophilus repented and prayed to the Virgin for forgiveness. After 40 days of fasting, the Virgin appeared to him and verbally chastised him. Theophilus begged forgiveness and Mary promised to intercede with God. He then fasted a further 30 days, and after which Mary appeared to him again in granting him absolution. However, Satan was unwilling to relinquish his hold over Theophilus. And three days later, Theophilus woke to find the damning contract on his chest. He then took the contract to the legitimate bishop and confessed all that he had done. The bishop burned the document, and Theophilus died out of sheer joy to be freed from the burden of his contract and reunited as in part of the community of saints. He died in 538. Saint Theophilus the Penitent, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 6, verses 14 through 29. King Herod heard about Jesus, for his fame had become widespread, and people were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why mighty powers are at work in him. Others were saying, he is Elijah. Still others, he is a prophet like any of the prophets. But when Herod learned of it, he said, it is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised up. Herod was the one who had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, whom he had married. John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias harbored a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but was unable to do so. Herod feared John, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, and kept him in custody. When he had heard him speak, he was very much perplexed, yet he liked to listen to him. 
Herodias had an opportunity one day when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers, his military officers, and the leading men of Galilee. His own daughter came in and performed a dance that delighted Herod and his guests. The king said to the girl, Ask of me whatever you wish, and I will grant it to you. He even swore many things to her. I will grant you whatever you ask of me, even to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? Her mother replied, The head of John the Baptist. The girl hurried back to the king's presence and made her request. I want you to give to me at once on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed. But because of his oaths and the guests, he did not wish to break his word to her. So he promptly dispatched an executioner with orders to bring back his head. He went off and beheaded him in prison. He brought in the head on a platter and gave it to the girl. The girl, in turn, gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this is a powerful passage, and there much that can be said, but uh, with very little time, here's something the Venerable Bede said. For Herodias, his wife, the king's wife, for Herodias was afraid, lest Herod should repent at some time. <laughs> Think about that for a second. What's at stake for her? She uh, she had a, a like a, a lust for power, and she was afraid that if Herod should continue to like to listen to this John the Baptist, he might very well break through his hard heart and listen and repent and divorce and end this improper marriage. And what would that mean for her? So uh, she pressured him and she got what she wanted. Did you notice, I mean, the contrast on birthdays, right? I mean, Haydock's commentary points out these contrasting birthdays, uh, talking about how you had Herod, you know, celebrating his birthday with the beheading of someone. Pharaoh was doing that as well in Egypt. And then our Lord, whose birthday we just celebrated, is the one who takes it upon flesh to save all mankind. Quite the opposite, right? The contrast is is very high. Even thinking about John the Baptist and his, uh, you know, jumping, leaping in his mother's womb. You know, it's just an amazing thing, these contrasts. But it's that girl who dances, who ups the ante by saying, put it on a platter. My mom wants his head. I want the head on a platter. Ooh, yikes. Let that sink in. Hey, we'll be right back. Jesse Romero is up next. Don't go anywhere. Happy drive time is coming back in just a moment. Hello. How would you like a chance to win a Mercedes-Benz? What's up with the accent, Dave? Oh, hey, Sissel. Just putting on a posh accent, because this year with the GRN, we're raffling off a pretty... Oh, you mean the 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250? That's right. And know... that all listeners need to do to get their tickets is to contact their general manager or visit grnonline.com forward slash raffle, and that all the funds raised go to the GRN. Tickets are only one for $25 or five for 100 Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I took over your spot again, didn't I? Well, it was probably for the best. Cheerio! If there's one thing atheists and theists can agree on, it's the fact that we've all felt the problem of God's hiddenness and have cried out, where are you, God? The difference, however, is atheists think this is a reason to reject God and theists don't. Why? Well, first, God is not entirely hidden. Sure, we can't know he exists by seeing or touching him, but we can know he exists through logic and reason. 
there's also good reason to believe God has revealed himself through Jesus of Nazareth. If Jesus is raised from the dead, then everything he said is true. Second, God's in-your-face presence wouldn't necessarily make things better. Even on the natural level, we don't like overbearing parents. Why would we want God to be that way? So while God's partial hiddenness is a mystery, it's not a good reason to embrace atheism. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at uh, 35 past the hour, Kendra Tierney is going to be on from uh, Catholic All Year to talk about living liturgically in the Lenten season, which is fast approaching. So what can we do as, as couples? What can we do as a family? How do we prepare? How do we set our goals? And how do we maintain them through the holy season of Lent? Coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now, though, is Jesse Romero. Uh, Rise Up Faithful, ariseupfaithful.com is a website I want everybody to check out today uh, because there is a big event coming in his neck of the woods in Arizona. And to share that with us, Jesse joins us via Zoom. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, I, I hear yeah. the uh, air quotes Church of Satan is coming to your town. Boy, they picked the wrong town, brother. <laughs> They're actually called, same thing. They're called the Temple of Satan. They're coming to Phoenix. Uh, uh, well, they're coming to Scottsdale, Arizona, which is in the Diocese of Phoenix. Okay. And they're uh, having, for the first time ever in the United States, they've chosen that city for whatever reason. They're having a three-day uh, Satan con satanic conference. It's already, so it holds, it holds about 500 people, the ballroom that they've rented in the Saguaro hotel. And, uh, it's, it's sold out within about two or three days. So there's at least 500 Satanists that'll be swarming in on the city to hear some of their, some of their speakers, uh, well-known speakers around the country. So as Catholics, I'm inviting all Catholic Christians to come and assemble with us in public, as we do prayers of reparation outside of the uh, Satanic Conference in Scottsdale, uh, the Bible is very clear about this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So lay people uh, from all over the uh, country, we're inviting you to mark your calendar. Go to azriseupfaithful.com, azriseupfaithful.com, so you can join us in prayer wherever you're at. From your house, as, they, as the Protestants call it, your war room, uh, from your church, <laughs> from your adoration chapel, wherever you're at, we're asking you to join us in prayer those three days. And uh, here in the Diocese of Phoenix, we're going to have people, all the churches are activated. The bishop activated all the churches. There's more masses, more, more sacraments being offered, more adoration. Uh, uh, there's a call to prayer like I've never seen before. Uh, around the diocese as we've got to think seven days before they, they have their first uh, conference and uh and also on those three days people will be praying inside all the churches uh, they're asking for the blessed sacrament to be exposed everywhere also people that obviously are uh have medical issues will be praying from their house uh and there will also be a large contingent of catholics men and women praying outside the hotel with our rosaries doing a kind of a jericho march uh, praying again, prayers of reparation, and uh, we'll be assembling there, there peacefully, mm. uh, praying for their conversion. Because how, how, I, I could just imagine if uh, if twenty 
if 25% of, of, of Americans are Roman Catholic Christian, and if that uh, conference is already sold out, that means that 25% of the people attending are fallen away Roman Catholic Christians. So we need to be there to pray for, that they receive the grace of conversion. We need to be there to pray also to pray prayers of reparation over the city of Scottsdale. And we also need to pray there also uh, as a witness. Uh, this, this is what uh, that we call evangelization, taking the gospel to the streets. That's so true, Mr. Romero. Um, I wanted to ask you, I was thinking about your book, uh, Devil in the City of the Angels, and uh, I'm wondering what effect does a bunch of Satanists have in a particular area, like a particular city like that? I mean, they're gonna, there's 500 of them going to be in Scottsdale. Does something happen there? Is it an infestation? What, what do you say? Well, I, I, I've been telling people very clearly, and on the website, azriseupfaithful.com, there's basically a protocol of what to follow if you choose to go and pray with us on the public sidewalk. Again, it's your choice. You can either go pray in a church for those uh, those three days or pray at home or pray with us in public. But you have to be in a state of sanctifying grace uh, or your prayers are useless. You're, no, you're, no, you're, you're of no use to us there at the, at the assembly or in church if you're in a state of grace. Uh, and because, again, what are they going to be doing inside there? Well, they're going to be having a series of lectures from different Satanists, but, uh, and they've posted their activities. But, of course, they're also going to be doing in their hexes, curses, and incantations. And we all know that when Satanists get together, what do they do? They do a black mass. So all the four parishes in Scottsdale, Arizona, all the pastors are on top of this. Uh, they're watching everybody for the last couple of weeks since we found out about it. You have men literally watching everybody receive Holy Communion, and they're watching them make sure they receive it in, in the mouth, or they place the Holy Eucharist in the mouth. They're following people back to the pews. They're watching everybody to see if anybody's suspicious, if they don't recognize somebody that's not from the parish. So, so there's like a high alert right now in all the parishes in Phoenix, specifically those in Scottsdale, Arizona. And so kudos to the diocese for that. Uh, but what can happen, and that's why I'm telling people, if you're not in a state of grace, don't even show up. Go get right with God. Go to confession. I'm asking people to go to confession that week, that week to make sure you're in the right relationship with God. Because again, just on a practical level, if, if you're living a double life, if you're living in mortal sin, and you're being cursed by a Satanist, a, a witch, or a shaman, or a wizard, what can happen is you can potentially, as they say in Ghostbusters, you can get slimed. You mm. can be affected. You could have some type of mental or, 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 or physical attacks uh, that will attach to you if you're in a state of grace and you're being cursed. And that's what they're going to be doing to us. So once again, uh, we have to know that as Catholics, living in a state of grace is our shield of faith. This is what St. Paul calls put on the armor of God. And also our prayers are much more powerful than their curses. And so our prayers, what they do is they basically block anything that they're projecting towards you. You know, Jesse, I, anyone who listens to the show knows that I'm a huge supporter of the TFP. And one thing that the TFP is well known for is for their public square world's rosary rallies. And you on all the time they get the accusation. I've gone with them to A&M to protest drag queen shows and all sorts of things. And the thing that comes up all the time is you shouldn't pray, pray in public. You should go pray in the silence of your heart. Go pray at your home. Go to the church instead. And I just wanted to say that this is so important for 
for Catholics to actually go to the site and pray there in order, one, to honor God. God's rights are being oppressed, and so we have to make public reparation for that. And two, St. Louis de Mumford in Secret of the Rosary says public prayer is far more powerful than private prayer to appease the anger of God and call down his mercy. And Holy Mother Church, guided by the Holy Ghost, has always advocated public prayer in times of public tragedy and suffering. And if this isn't public tragedy and suffering, I don't know what is. What say you, uh, Jesse Romero? Exactly. Uh, St. Louis de Montfort is very clear. St. John Vianney is also very clear about the power and the efficacy of, pu- of, uh, of public prayer as well. Uh, and so, and also, not only that, there, there's a document that's that's uh, the Knights of Columbus have published from the Archbishop, from Bishop Olmsted here, from the Diocese of Phoenix, uh, Arizona. The document is called Into the Breach. It's probably the, the most well-written document giving moral clarity and instructions to Catholic men around the country that I've ever seen written before. And that document, Into the Breach, clearly calls Catholic men uh, to go outside and to go and pray. That's what that's what it means to step into the breach. Uh, Bishop Olmsted has also written a second document, which is very clear. The Knights of Columbus have published these into little booklets. I think they've sold over a million copies. Yeah. It's that good. The second one he's wrote is called Catholics in the Public Square. And so uh, in obedience to that document, Catholics in the Public Square, written by Bishop Olmsted, in obedience to that document, uh, Into the Breach, written by Bishop Olmsted, and also the clear teachings of Vatican II. Uh, the, the church has clearly taught us in the Catechism of the Catholic Church that lay people are called to go out and sanctify the temporal order. That's mm. the job of the lady. And also, if you want to go to the top of the food chain, our Lord Jesus Christ and the Great Commission, go out, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Our Lord says, go out, go out, go out. Uh, so again, in obedience to the documents of Vatican II, our Lord Jesus Christ, and the documents of the church, uh, that's why we have to go out there and make public reparation because a public evil is being committed. And so a public reparation to God, uh, this offense against God, uh, needs to be done by, by lay Catholics out there in public. Amen. Jesse Romero is our guest. We have a couple of minutes left with him. We're talking about uh, uh, his protest against these Satanists in Arizona. Uh, AZRiseUpFaithful.com is the website. AZRiseUpFaithful. Jesse, a couple of years ago, back in 2019, I, uh, Adrian, and about 150 Catholics came together to protest a black mass in our neck of the woods. And one of the things that disappointed me during that experience was the lack of clergy on site. There was one Catholic priest who came. He was an FSSP priest, and not one single diocesan priest showed up. I felt like there was a real uh, void there when it came to uh, leadership from the diocese, from the from the clergy. I was glad to hear what you said about them being on full alert, and, and I, I think that's amazing. Praise be to God. But are, is there going to be clergy present there? at the at the uh the rally the protest and the prayers uh the clergy has been has been told by the diocesan leaders uh to go and lead their people in prayer inside the churches with the blessed sacrament exposed to be offering the sacrament of confession for people and so uh the their prayer power is going to be coming from inside the churches but uh lay people uh many lay people are going to be outside in public I mean, if clergy show up, we'll be very, very happy. They know about it. Again, they're called, uh, everybody has a role in this. And so everybody is could decide what they want to do, whether they want to pray inside the church, pray at home, 
or pray with us in public in front of the Sawara Hotel. Uh, I hope and pray clergy show up. Yeah, I hope so, too. I think it's important to see that uh, leadership out there. Um, now, for those that aren't going to be able to join this, uh, could, would it be a good thing to maybe uh, organize a, a, a holy hour in reparation for this? Yes, please. I'm asking people around the country, go to azriseoffaithful.com, the, uh, and, and uh, they're going to be, we're going to be praying specifically from 12 noon to 3 p.m. It's going to be kind of like a surgical strike. I mean, just like we're going to go in fast, hit hard, hit, hit you know, hit, you know, be, be very deliberate in what we're doing. And then we're going to pull out 12 to three. Why 12 to three? Well, first of all, we don't want to give them undue publicity and be there for eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours and have the media come. Hey, what's going on in here? These guys don't deserve that. We're going there not to give them publicity. We're there to, to pray for their souls, which is what the Catholic Church is, the mission of the Catholic Church, the salvation of souls. We're praying for their conversion. We're praying to do prayers of reparation because they're offending God. And we're also praying uh, to stave off uh, any, any curses that may affect people in the city of Scottsdale. Why are we praying from 12 noon to 3 p.m.? Because that's the time when our Lord Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago was dying for the sins of the world. That's when the act of redemption was taking place. And so we want to, we want to specifically unite our prayers mystically with the blood of Jesus that's flowing from Calvary 2,000 years ago from 12 noon to 3 p.m. when our Lord Jesus Christ was doing the heaviest lifting. And we know that our prayers are going to be more efficacious. They're going to have more merit to them because we're, 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 we're entering into that stream of grace with our Lord Jesus Christ mystically from okay. 12 noon to 3 p.m. on Calvary. All right. Amen. Jesse Romero, we're very grateful for you being on today. AZRiseUpFaithful.com. That's AZRiseUpFaithful.com. Jesse, God love you. God bless you. We're going to be joining you in your prayer and in your efforts. Thank you, Sean. God bless you guys. We're going to love you. All right. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Between now and February 21st, the GRN is raffling off a 2022 GLA 250 in Midnight Black. And this sweet beauty of a car can be all yours by going to grnonline.com and purchasing five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. All proceeds support Catholic Radio on the GRN. Now that's a deal that's all right, all right, all right. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard people say that Christianity is barbaric, that it arose in ignorance? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that as a matter of historical fact, it didn't. It arose in the most civilized period the world has ever seen. It arose precisely at the intersection of three great civilizations, Athens, Rome, and Jerusalem. It combined the philosophy of the first two with the faith of the third. So what's the real reason the opponents of Christianity do not believe it? It's not because it's barbaric and ignorant. It's not even because it's civilized and sophisticated. It's because, as Chesterton says, opponents of Christianity would believe anything except Christianity. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now more headlines. Breitbart reports, get zucked. Facebook loses daily users for first time ever. Stock plummets by 23%. 
Facebook reported its first-ever quarterly decline of daily users globally this week, sending its stock price plummeting by 23% in intraday trading on Thursday. The massive drop has wiped out approximately $200 billion in market value for Zuckerberg and his shareholders. The majority of Facebook's advertising profit comes from North American users, so a loss of 1 million users shows signs of what could be a worrying trend for the company. This loss of users led to an overall decrease in daily Facebook users globally, which the company spokesperson, which a company spokesperson said was the first sequential decline in the historic in the history of Facebook. And The Hill reports LA mayor says he's holding his breath during maskless picture with Magic Johnson. Los Angeles Mayor Mayor Eric Garcetti said that he holds his breath while posing for photos after he received backlash for not wearing a mask in a series of pictures taken at SoFi Stadium. Several California Democrats, including Governor Newsom, Garcetti, and San Francisco Mayor London Breed, were seen without masks in a series of photos taken at the NFL's NFC Championship game between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. However, Twitter users quickly noticed that no one in the photos was sporting a mask, despite a Los Angeles County mandate requiring that people wear masks at indoor events, except when they are actively eating or drinking, the Washington Post reports. But Garcetti claimed he wore his mask throughout the game and held his breath when he had to take it off for photos. (laughs) The Washington Examiner reports Black Lives Matter shuts down fundraising days after liberal states threatened legal action. Black Lives Matter shut down all of its online fundraising streams late Wednesday afternoon, just days after California threatened to hold the charity leaders personally liable over its lack of financial transparency. The move comes less than a week after a Washington Examiner investigation found that BLM has no known leader in charge of its $60 million bankroll since its co-founder resigned in May. California and Washington recently ordered BLM to cease all fundraising activities in their blue states due to a failure of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation to report information about its finances in 2020, the year it raised tens of millions amid the racial protests and riots that followed George Floyd's death. And the Epic Times reports why Texas is a mecca for Bitcoin miners. It might not appear to be a likely location for virtual token mining, but crypto professionals and billions of dollars in capital are flooding the southern state. This has led to a growing number of cryptocurrency communities across the state, and not only in Austin, Texas, which has been dubbed as a sort of Silicon Valley 2.0 in recent years. Energy rates have been a significant factor in the Lone Star State's crypto boom. Texas energy rates are currently ranked as the seventh lowest in the nation, with an annual average price per kilowatt hour of 8.36 cents, ahead of North Dakota's 8.53 cents and behind Nevada's 8.33 cents. In addition to being the largest energy producer in the world, Texas has deregulated the power grid, facilitating a more competitive environment for utilities and their customers, according to Ali Remen, a blockchain investor and the co-founder of Find the Venue. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up today. Joining us right now, once again on the program, is Kendra Tierney uh, with her website, CatholicAllYear.com. CatholicAllYear.com, a wife, a mother, uh, you know, teaching, reading, writing, cooking, baking, sewing, crafting, party planning, graphic design, and remodeling. Wow. Anything, uh, I don't know if you got any extra time there for anything else, but we are glad you are giving us a little time this morning. Welcome back to the show, Kendra Tierney. Thanks so much for having me. Praise be to God. You know, uh, it's hard to believe, actually, but uh, Ash Wednesday is less than a month now. 
And uh, we are, we are, it's nigh upon us to have to prepare for the holy season of Lent. And we thought it would be a, a great idea to have you on the show to talk about how we might prepare as families, you know, to prepare for the holy season of Lent. So let's start with, do you already have plans in place with a T minus less than one month? Well, we do. I, I, I do. I definitely do. Um, Lent is really late this year. So I feel like we, you know, we've got this long period of ordinary time and it's easy to kind of get complacent, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I've been thinking, uh, earlier than usual about Lent because, uh, we have, we have these subscription boxes and we decided to do one this year. Um, that's, that's for all three seasons for Lent, Triduum and Easter so that people could, you know, get one box with all this stuff that, that they could use in their homes for the season. So I have been thinking, and you know, of course, the things in there that that people will use first is Lent. So I have been full on Lent in my house for months, <laughs> trying to prepare and prototype all of this stuff. Uh, it's funny, my you know, my I have my kids practicing, you know, making little uh, crowns of thorns with toothpicks, and you know, all these little projects and activities. So. I've been thinking about it way more in advance than I usually would. So you're probably tired of Lent already. You're like, I can't wait for Lent to be over. It's ridiculous. I know. So I've got this month, you know, to take a break from Lent and then start it up again. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, my wife and I began to, uh, to, to do things as a couple. And one of the things we do is we read, we usually read a book or we read through something. Um, uh, for instance, uh, you know, a Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence was one that we worked through together as a couple. Um, so what do you suggest for couples? I mean, what could what could some activities be that would be great, you know, penances or um, activities they could do together to grow through their season of Lent? Yeah, I think, I think that's a great idea. And, um, you know, some liturgical living traditions that, that work really, you know, well for couples are, are, are some of the, the traditional ones like doing the Stations of the Cross. Um, you know, those are traditionally done in a church, but if, um, but, but you can also do them at, at home. And, um, and I think that's really a, a, a devotion that, that sort of defines the season of Lent. There's, there's no reason we can't do them all year, year long, but mm. the Stations of the Cross are, are really, it's just really a beautiful way to sort of define this the season so whether you're you're doing it at home or you can go to a church together um you know once a week during during lent specifically on friday is when it's usually done but um you know to me that's that's really sort of the the devotion that that mostly that most defines lent but then also to choose a voluntary Lenten devotion, that, uh, sorry, a, a voluntary Lenten uh, discipline that you mm. can support each other on. Um, you know, if you, for something that you want to give up or take up together, and then you can sort of, you know, hold each other accountable on that. I think, uh, I think that's helpful. Now, when it comes to giving up, you said something a minute, a second ago that I caught my attention, give up or take up, you know, taking up is something I've really worked on during the season of Lent uh, over the last uh, couple of decades is, uh, you know, looking for those opportunities to, to grow there. And so reading new, you know, devotionals or whatever, going back through, uh, you know, things like uh, trustful surrender, or if it's uh, the consecration to Our Lady, St. Louis de Montfort or whatever, but um, give up, let's talk about give up. So, 
uh so should you know how how severe where's the balance i, I think a lot of times you know speaking of myself I'll, I'll come up with these grand ideas and then they wane out you know by you know ash wednesday's over and by friday i've given up on all my you know epic you know penances how do we set proper penance goals for the season of lent well, you know, the, the sort of traditional fasting and food-based penances have sort of gone out of fashion over the past few decades, but those are the ones that are sort of the OG, um, <laughs> you know, um, uh, practices of, of the Catholic Church. And so I think, I, I really think that finding a way to incorporate that that's going to, you know, work for your temperament and your particular circumstances um, is I think a really good goal uh, that that figuring out you know maybe a a Lenten fast for the whole um, for the whole season of Lent isn't going to work for you but even that is is generally pretty mild that, that you could have a one full meal a day that that even that can contain meat unless it's Friday and two collations which together aren't as much as a full meal mm. and that's that's not, you know, that's not really starving yourself to death. Um, but so that's what traditional Catholic Lenten fasting would be. And then there are during different periods of um, uh, of our faith, there were different like entire food groups that, that people would leave out and stuff. But um, but but that's what sort of the definition of of fasting was. Um, and so but but if that if that's not going to work to to have some sort of food based penance, mm. I really think is good because I don't know, for me anyway, when I give up, I give up sweets, um, which I have a real sweet tooth and, uh, specifically Dr. Pepper. I really like Dr. <laughs> Pepper <laughs> and I really, suffer, <laughs> I really suffer giving it up every year. But what I like is to prove to myself that I can live without it. And, and mm. that's kind of, that's when I know, you know, that, that, that we need to focus on these, these attachments, even to good things, even to not sinful things, but it's definitely a, an attachment. And, and I need to prove to myself that I can live without that thing. Mm. Um, and, and so I, you know, I make it through Lent without, without screen. Uh, well, I shouldn't say totally screens, <laughs> but without, you know, watching TV. And yeah. without um, with, without having sweets and and Dr Pepper and I and I can live through that I can you know I can manage and there's a lot of power in that there's a lot of power in being able to feel like these things that I really like that I feel like are sort of a crutch for me yeah. that I so, can take this little chunk of time amen. during the year and live without them. Amen. Well, uh, Kendra Tierney is our guest, CatholicAllYear.com. We have a, a short break we, we have to jump into here in one second, but uh, you were just saying about our attachments. Maybe that's the key is to focus where our attachments are to create a goal and a plan for Lent in there. So like whatever our attachments are, as I drink my uh, my giant gallons worth of black coffee this morning, maybe, maybe there's a sign there for me in the holy <laughs> season of Lent. I don't know. But uh, at any rate, we're going to go to a quick break. We're going to be right back. More Catholic Drive Time and Kendra Tierney coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time, 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Kendra Tierney is our guest. CatholicAllYear.com is her website. We're talking about living liturgically through the holy season of Lent. Kendra, welcome back to the show. Um, let's talk about, uh, so, you know, like I was mentioned in the last segment about uh, couples, you know, I, it's, it, I think it's very important, especially it's been important to my wife in particular for, for me to kind of have a plan for us together as a couple. And uh, that's something that probably needs to happen all year long. But in the season of Lent, we get very intentional about that. At least we have uh, the last several years. Uh, what about what about the kids? So we talked about uh, Stations of the Cross, which we do, praise be to God. Uh, what other activities would be a very good idea for families to incorporate the entire family in to, to keep those penances in mind and, and to really keep ourselves focused during the entire season of Lent? Kendra Tierney. Something really small that has been really meaningful to us over many years is, is counting to 40 before we eat uh, during Lent. And it's sort of a way to, um, you know, to sort of mimic the, the intentionality of, of fasting, of just waiting a little bit, just a little bit longer before we eat. And, uh, you know, so everybody's sitting at the table, the food's in front of us, and we say grace, and then we count to 40 during Lent. Um, and, you know, like I said, it's a little thing, but, but it really you know, it, it feels meaningful and it sets that season apart so that we, you know, we remember. Uh, another way is through through some decor. You know, we think about Christmas decorations and, um, but I think it's really great, uh, you know, especially for stay-at-home moms and, 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 you know, families with little kids that are around the house a lot to have some sort of decoration in your house to remind you that it's Lent and, you know, you can get little succulents, little cactuses, you can get a little, um, you know, crown of thorns type wreath that uh, and purple cloth or burlap cloth and just, you know, make a little centerpiece of that. You can even just go outside and get some rocks and put them on some cloth and, you know, but it, it's that visual reminder that it's Lent. Um, and uh, let's see, but I mean, I think both of those things can be really meaningful for little kids. Uh, Kendra, I have a question. Uh, you know, I, I just started a family with, with my wife, my beloved, um, and we have a six-month-old baby. And one of the things that was surprising to me, not not of our daughter, but 
of our relationship is that it's very difficult to balance our duties and uh, our prayer life at the same time while we're raising kids. And I just wanted to know, you know, you being uh, having a, a rather large family and uh, really something that we look look to and admire, um, how do you balance out your duties and your prayer life, especially as we come closer to this season of Lent? I think that, uh, you know, again, it, it, it really is going to depend on people's personal temperament. For me, having you know, having the kids around is really what inspires me and motivates me to uh, to make sure that we as a family get to our, you know, prayers and prayerful traditions and, and, and the Catholic devotions. And so, you know, the fact that that I'm going to be, you know, the one uh, sort of organizing things for the family is is really what, uh, you know, what keeps me motivated to to remember our novenas or, you know, stations of the cross and adding in, you know, some different prayers and things that we do around the dinner table, conversations about saints' lives. That's all really, to me, you know, motivated by having my kids. That's older than six months, really. But, uh, but you know, that that's coming because your kids are going to ask you questions and they're going to want to know. And to me, you know, learning those things to be able to answer their questions and wanting to introduce these concepts to, to them has been so motivational for me over my, um, you know, parenting career. It can be harder, of course, to find personal time. I think, especially, uh, you know, for moms who stay home with kids to find with with young kids to find personal time. But, you know, it, 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 I, I think that there are always a few minutes in the day. It's it's just convincing yourself, <clears throat> you know, to what you're going to use those few minutes a day on. But things like um, you know, audiobooks uh, of uh, of great devotional books um, that I can put on while I'm doing something else. Um, I, I have found that to be a good way to do it. Um, now that I'm, I have older kids who can help out with things. I'm able to have time to myself. You know, first thing in the morning, early in the morning, and I find that that's that's the the time that I can most count on to be able to have some some time to myself. You know, Kendra, you uh, having uh, gone through, you know, kids from little to older to everywhere in between, you know, how do you see in terms of Lent of bringing children to start beginning to do more difficult Lenten practices? I, as children, I mean, you could always do little small things that are always appropriate for children. But when can you do you think it's, start appro- it's uh, appropriate to start doing bigger things like fasting and abstaining, um, those kind of larger penances? And what would you say about how to w- approach that topic with your kids? Um, I, I, the, the traditional sort of Catholic approach to that is, is to use uh, what we call the age of reason, which is, um, which is normally when kids would receive First Communion. So to us, we, we really have that sort of demarcation line between communicants and non-communicants. So if you don't receive a Holy Communion, then, um, you know, then, then you're not in our family as bound <clears throat> by, uh, by our, by, you know, some of the, the Lenten uh, fasting rules and, and disciplines. But really in our house, Lent looks different than the rest of the year for everyone. So um, we are, our kids, we don't, you know, we don't watch TV as a family. We don't eat treats as a family. And then kids choose their own specific Lenten disciplines of things that they want to give up or take up 
on their own. But those are things that we do as a family. We uh, don't eat meat on Fridays year round. So they're used to that. Um, and, and on the, you know, fasting days of uh, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, you know, even the littlest kids, I'm not going to be a big stickler about it, but, you know, they know that it's a fasting day. And so we, uh, you know, try to discourage snacking and things like that, that um, see if they can wait until the meal time to, to be able to eat. Um, but I think that if the whole family is really living Lent, then, then it's just something that the little kids are going to sort of, you know, desire to be a part of, or at least be resigned to being a part of, um, that it's just sort of a family culture thing. Yeah. Amen. What would you say is, maybe you need a second to think about this question, but what would you say is the one thing that people most often miss in their efforts during the Holy season of Lent? I mean, uh, I, we, we, I think of like giving up chocolate or whatever. It's like, I feel like sometimes we can go through these routines and then kind of miss the bigger picture of why we're giving up that chocolate or why we're taking on, uh, you know, a devotion or a particular practice or something like that. Uh, do we, do we do routines or are we just going through the, the motions? Uh, what are we missing here, Kendra Tierney? Well, I would say that, <clears throat> that for me, the, the biggest error that I remember sort of operating under was this idea that we should be miserable during Lent, that we should be <laughs> suffering during Lent, that, that that sort of is the goal that we would, that we would be suffering. And I think that Jesus, you know, clearly suffered during the passion, but, but when we're, when we're thinking about, you know, him going out into the desert the goal of that wasn't to suffer. The goal of that was to, you know, remove himself from, from the distractions of, of daily life. And, and he didn't need to work on, on his attachments, but we do. And so this idea, like I said before, of focusing on attachments and not, um, and, and if we need to take, you know, baby steps, in order to make that happen, that, that that's okay. And I remember for, you know, when I would, uh, when I was first trying to give up TV in the house and it was just miserable. I, I couldn't get my, I had only little kids. We lived in this tiny, tiny, um, three-story house in Chicago <laughs> with very squeaky stairs. And I couldn't get the kids to, you know, be quiet and not, um, and, you know, not wake the baby up. So while I was making dinner, because, you know, they were used to being able to watch TV during that time. And, it, you know, it was snowy in Chicago. And finally, I was like, we can't do this. It just isn't going to work for us. And it didn't work that year. But, you know, the next year, we tried again. And the next year, we tried again. And finally, now we have been able to make that happen. And I, I know, for me, giving myself little cheats, like, um, uh, of, of letting myself, you know, uh, giving up my favorite shows, but, but letting myself catch up on them on, uh, you know, on Sunday, you know, watch, watch one, um, to me was, was a way to sort of, um, uh, soften the, uh, the, the difficulty of, uh, of, of breaking those attachments. So to just find ways to, you know, to, to, to help yourself be successful and to not make everybody else around you suffer <laughs> um, that, you know, what's, what's your goal on, you know, say you did want to want to break your attachment to coffee is, you know, is caffeine the issue? Like, is it worth going through the three day caffeine headache? Um, or could you, you know, just take up black tea or something that's going to give you a little bit of the caffeine 
Yeah. Not every, you don't have to make everybody around you quite as miserable, <laughs> <laughs> but you're still breaking that attachment, you know, just to think of like ways that you can be creative like that. Yeah, amen. We have about a minute left with Kendra Tierney. Her website is catholicallyear.com, catholicallyear.com. Sorry, did you say you're doing special subscription boxes? Yeah, well, we have a monthly subscription box, but for Lent, Triduum, and Easter, we have this special, what we're calling a mega box. Um, and I'm super excited about it. It's really, it's the traditions and the, the decorations and um, the activities that have been the most successful for my, you know, 10 kids over 20 years of figuring out, you know, what, what is going to motivate and inspire and help, uh, you know, my family to really live these seasons. So it's called the um, seasonal mega box. If you want to look for it. Seasonal mega box. Praise be to God. (laughs) Well, catholicallyear.com. Check it out. Share it with friends and family. That'd be amazing. Kendra Tierney, we're very grateful to you. God bless you. God love you and have a great day. Thank you so much. All right. If we don't see you, have a great Lent as well. Hey, that is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. We had a great hour. Thank you for joining us for that. If you're at all able, dear listener, to join us in the second hour, we would surely love to have you. Our game show is coming up, and we're going to give out prizes. It's possible that you could win. It's a lot of fun in the process. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt, and you can watch live there or find other ways to watch. Otherwise, we'll see you back here on Monday morning. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Have a great weekend, and don't forget... We're giving somebody a brand new Mercedes at the end of the month. You could win just before the whole season of Lent, so you don't even have to feel guilty about it. Go to grnonline.com. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the Word of God. The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com raffle. This is a Messy Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Hernan. When we see how crazy this world is, we can be tempted to isolate our family on a desert island and leave it all behind. Well, that's not really practical. But one thing you can do is take your family away on your very own family retreat. The goal of this retreat is for growth in your family identity and relationships and to give you time to intentionally pray together as a family unit. The four parts of the family retreat are family bonding activities, prayer, teaching, and fun. We've learned that if you're going to pray with your children, you also need to play with them. When parents develop these four aspects of their weekend away with their kids, the results are amazing. 
Devoting time to your family has a lasting impact on your kids, especially if you make it a tradition every year. To enable more families to do a family retreat, we have put together a short guide to help lead moms and dads through their own retreat planning process. To access this free download, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. It is uh, Friday. You have survived the week. Congratulations. God is so very good. You are hours away from enjoying your weekend. Hopefully it'll go really, really well. And if you're in the, like, this crazy storm belt from Dallas all the way up to Boston, uh, hopefully you're doing all right. Stay off the roads if possible, if it's a messy in your area. By the grace of God, we did pretty well here. I mean, it rained, and we were worried about freezing, and I think in some parts there was some ice on the roads, but generally speaking, down in our part of Texas, not that bad. Uh, Dallas is probably a different story, <laughs> so we're praying for them today. Hey, speaking of cars and driving safe, don't forget to get your car raffle tickets while you can. You are only weeks away from seeing the winner. It could be you. You could be drawn out of that, you know, that uh, basket that we're gonna we're gonna stir up live on the radio and draw a name out and announce it live on this show coming up at the end of the month. It could be you. So get your car raffle tickets while you can. A great way to do that is just go to the website grnonline.com. Scroll down to you see the Mercedes and then click on that. But if you really want to be super cool, then what you'll do is you'll call your local station manager, GRN manager, and you'll say, hey, listen, I need car raffle tickets, but how do I support you in your effort to keep this local Guadalupe Radio Network station alive and well and uh, sell some of these tickets to my friends and my family? It's $25 a piece, or you get five for $100. It's a great deal because you get an extra one for free. So praise be to God for that. All right, uh, so God is so very good. We are going to jump into a good hour this hour. We're going to pray for your needs. Uh, Christopher Velasquez, we're going to be praying, praying for your needs for sure. And everyone's needs today. We're going to ask the Queen of Heaven and Earth to pray for you and whatever you want. And that's coming up in a moment. We have good news story, saint of the day, gospel of the day, and we play our game show, Fear and Trembling, and today's the day we give out prizes. It's going to be a good hour. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Hey, good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. How are you? I'm good. It's strange to look across, you know, yeah. and, and just see the Sede Vacante. <laughs> Joe's not in the studio. Habemos <laughs> ad radio host. I don't even know how to say that in Latin. Maybe yeah, speaking of Latin, Adrian stack. will tell us. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. How, how do you say radio host in Latin? <laughs> I have no idea. Radio wasn't around, so you'd have to invent a word. 
uh, radio, so, radio. But you know, it's, it's, it's there's actually a community of Latin. Uh, uh, I don't even know what to call them because they're not Latin scholars. I guess uh-huh. Latin enthusiasts who yeah. are bringing back Latin and are actually <laughs> speaking to each other in Latin. My, one of my roommate is one of these <laughs> is one of these people actually, and so he yeah. he starts learning Latin and they are creating these new words to address like automobiles and planes and. Uh, computers and I'm sure they have a word for radio. I have to ask and see what <laughs> yeah. what kind of so word. I bet it has something to do with like the voice or shouting, something like that. They kind of like <laughs> they kind of like mix mix words together. It's very fascinating. My, my roommate like does idea. all all about this, so it's pretty cool. Shouting. This is good. Shouting. I yeah, like but that. if you're watching on YouTube, you can actually see the sede vacante. Sede meaning seat, vacante <laughs> meaning empty. And so yeah. Joe is uh, broadcasting from home today, so he's not in the studio. So if you look over there, if you're watching online, if you're listening, you can't see it, but there is an empty seat. It's horrifying to see. Very sad. <laughs> Interregnum. Yeah, Interregnum. Interregnum. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, praise be to God. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, anything fun on the agenda, guys, this weekend for either one of you? Hmm. Uh, no, I don't think so. I'd like to take my daughter out on a walk, but uh, it might be too cold for that. So we might stay yeah. in and uh, try and figure out what we're going to do for Lent. Wow, nice. I'm going to be giving sure. a talk on the Holy Mass tomorrow tomorrow saturday right yeah tomorrow saturday yes. tomorrow morning at 10 a.m and i'll be making it to first friday today tonight this evening oh, yeah first friday and today. so i think i think that's all i'm doing yeah there Amen. you go man praise about god you, Joe? well i don't know yet uh we're we're still got several things to get through here at the house uh you know with some recent activities so we'll see how that goes uh, but either way, I get to sleep a little bit longer than normal, and that's <laughs> always a joy and a treat. Unless we have all the server practice, then there goes that. <laughs> but at any rate, we'll, uh, we're going to have a great weekend. Whatever you're going to do this weekend, you can always let us know in the after show when we interact live with you, directly with you. And dear listener, you get to tell us what's on your agenda, what you're struggling with, all of your questions, all of that in the after show uh, on the, one of the live video feeds. So check us out online, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And, of course, as I said, Christopher Velasquez, we're going to be praying for your wife. Uh, she just had a stroke. We're going to pray for her recovery, for her health, and for your family. And any one of your intentions, dear listener, your holy intentions, we're going to include those in our prayers. Let's get started. We have a great first half hour for you. Sit back, relax, but before you do that, share us with a friend. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story for the day. The Hill Report's second grader's handwritten Christmas story now has lengthy wait lists at local library. A handwritten Christmas story by a Boise second grader left for others to read at his local library is now in high demand. Eight-year-old Dylan Helbig wrote and illustrated an 81-page long story about a Christmas adventure in a red notebook. When he finished the book in mid-December, he slipped it into a children's picture bookshelf at the Lake Hazel Branch in Boise during a trip with his grandmother, according to the Washington Post. Dylan later told his mother Susan Helbig that he had secretly tucked the book into the library shelves. The mother and son returned to the branch two days later to retrieve the notebook but couldn't find it in the spot that Dylan had left it. 
Helbig later called the library to see if anyone had found Dylan's notebook. His parents were worried that he would find that we would find his notebook and get rid of it, Alex Hartman, the Lake Hazel library branch manager, said, adding, which is an unfounded fear because if there's ever a place for a book to be safe, it would be here. But Hartman had found Dylan's notebook and read it to her son, who loved the story. Eventually, Hartman stickered the adventures of Dylan Helbig's Christmas and placed it in the library's graphic novel section. As of Saturday, January 29th, there was a 55-person waitlist for the book, and the library staff has been in talks of creating a digital copy, The Guardian added. And a, a bonus for you today, the Epic Times reports, woman slips on ice in freezing temperatures outside home and can't get up until a kind mailman stops to help. Amidst Arctic temperatures descending on the Midwest lately, a retired Iowa woman lost her footing while fetching her mail. She fell on the sidewalk and was unable to get up. It could have ended much worse for 73-year-old Linda Holton had it not been for a local mailman who stepped and helped her, stepped in and helped her. On that cold January day, with minus 5 degree Fahrenheit wind chills, the former medical insurance clerk treaded carefully down her icy-laden driveway before slipping in front of her house in Des Moines. I got the mail, but when I came back, I hit ice and fell face-first on the sidewalk, and from that point, I couldn't get back up, she told the Epic Times. My boots wouldn't let my legs... My boots wouldn't let my legs underneath me, she said. She laid there on the freezing concrete for 19 minutes, she said, adding that it saddened her that no motorists even stopped to ask if she was okay, until Chris Meyer, a postal service worker, stopped and picked me up and took me back into the garage, and then went back to get my mail and brought it back to me, she said. If it wasn't for Chris, I probably would have been out there for quite some time, she told the newspaper, calling him her good Samaritan. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is a really cool story. Saint Theophilus the Penitent. He was born in the 5th century. Saint Theophilus was the archdeacon of Adana, Cilicia. He was unanimously elected to be a bishop, and when out of humility he turned down the position, he another man was elected in his stead. Theophilus regretted his previous stance due to the fact that the new bishop began to persecute Theophilus, and he sought out a necromancer, who helped him contact Satan. In exchange for his aid, Satan demanded that Theophilus renounce Christ and the Blessed Virgin Mary in a contract signed with his own blood. Theophilus complied and the devil gave him the position as a bishop. Later, fearful for his soul, Theophilus, Theophilus repented and prayed to the Virgin for forgiveness. After 40 days of fasting, the Virgin appeared to him and verbally chastised him. Theophilus begged forgiveness and Mary promised to intercede with God. He then fasted a further 30 days, after which Mary appeared to him again, granting him absolution. However, Satan was unwilling to relinquish his hold on Theophilus, and three days later, Theophilus awoke to find the damning contract on his chest. He then took the contract to the legitimate bishop and confessed all that he had done. The bishop burned the document, and Theophilus died out of sheer joy to be free from the burden of his contract. He died in 538. St. Theophilus, the penitent, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 6, verses 14 through 29. King Herod heard about Jesus, for his fame had become widespread, and people were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why mighty powers are at work in him. 
Others were saying, he is Elijah. Still others, he is a prophet like any of the prophets. But when Herod learned of it, he said, it is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised up. Herod was the one who had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother, Philip, whom he had married. John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias harbored a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but was unable to do so. Herod feared John, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, and kept him in custody. When he had heard him speak, he was very much perplexed, yet he liked to listen to him. Herodias had an opportunity one day when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers, his military officers, and the leading men of Galilee. His own daughter came in and performed a dance that delighted Herod and his guests. The king said to the girl, Ask of me whatever you wish, and I will grant it to you. He even swore many things to her. I will grant you whatever you ask of me, even to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? Her mother replied, The head of John the Baptist. The girl hurried back to the king's presence and made her request, I want you to give to me at once on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed, but because of his oaths and the guests, he did not wish to break his word to her. So he promptly dispatched an executioner with orders to bring back his head. He went off and beheaded him in the prison, and he brought in the head on a platter and gave it to the girl. The girl in turn gave it to her mother, and when his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Gregory the Great today had a great reflection on the suffering of John here. And uh, the, 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 the punchline here, sort of like the bottom line, was he, he was warning each and every one of us to beware the suffering of hell. Better to suffer in this life and die in a state of grace and go to heaven than to suffer for all eternity in hell. Let that be a warning to the rest of us. But I got to read this very quick thing from Haydock's commentary today on, the, on uh, John the Baptist's bones. It says, Church history informs us that the Christians were accustomed to frequent his tomb with great piety and respect. We're talking about John the Baptist here. Till the reign of Julian the Apostate, at which time the pagans, through hatred for Christianity, broke open his tomb and dispersed his bones. But immediately after, after, thinking it better to burn them, they endeavor to collect them again. But some religious of a neighboring convent, joining themselves to the pagans under pretense of collecting the bones to burn, secreted the greater part of them and sent them to Philip at Jerusalem, who sent them to Athanasius, bishop of Alexandria. And in the reign of Theodosius, the temple of Serapis was converted into a Christian church and dedicated to the honor of St. John the Baptist, where his relics were deposited." Praise be to God. That is a cool story. Adrian, you got about a minute. Anything? Yes, uh, there's a ton here. And for those who tune in to the after show, ask me to tell you the story about what happened to Herod and the young lady who was dancing, or young girl who was dancing in front of Herod, because God will not be mocked. Cornelius Lapide tells a story of how the army of Aretas, in response, he said it was an opinion that Herod's army was destroyed 
by the just vengeance of God because of what they did to John the Baptist. I'll leave it at that. And if you uh, tune into the after show, let me tell you the whole story. Pretty amazing. All right. Praise be to God. The phone number, if you would like to play our game and get your last three chances to play and win possibly the prize pack, which is going to be given out today. Your last chance is right now. What you need to do is make a phone call. And that phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is the phone number. 877-757-9424. Call now and be our contestant, and we're going to go to a break, and we're going to come right back. And when we do, the first caller gets to be the contestant, possibly win the today's prize. It's going to be fun. We want you to be a part of it. If you've never done, it's easy. You don't even need to know the answers. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't tell anybody what I'm about to tell you. 
Okay, if you can keep my secrets and my agendas secret, then uh, we can play our game and have fun. Number one, we like to teach the faith, so we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before about your Catholic faith, and that's always fun. Think about the bragging rights you might have. And number two, we like to have fun. We like to laugh. We like to have a good time. Our callers tend to be excellent at this. They laugh with us. They're great sports, and we enjoy that pretty much most, I think. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everybody involved. Praise be to Jesus. But here's the kicker. If you're just joining us, I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but I will not ask the caller the question. They don't need to know any of these answers, and they could still win, and that's because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy, and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, and the other will be incorrect. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then, of course, every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? The sponsor of our game show this week is Santa Clara Design, who is generously sponsoring our game show with a matching set of prints of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart. So you can enthrone your home. Owner and lead designer Lauren knows how important it is to create a space that reveals the goodness of God and the joy of life. Our hearts desire to draw closer to God. We all need encouragement. We long to dwell in spaces that reflect what is true, good, and beautiful. The Catholic online boutique Santa Clara Design provides accessible and affordable ways to create beautiful, sacred spaces in your everyday life. Check out our website at santaclaradesign.com for top-quality Catholic art prints. And uh, you can also follow her on Facebook and Instagram at Santa Clara Design. Praise be to God. Thank you, Santa Clara Design, for your generous sponsorship of our program, SantaClaraDesign.com. All right, let's go to the phones. Praise be to Jesus. Good morning to you, Jacob. Well, hi there. Praise God, Jacob. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Houston, Texas, Midtown. Nice, Midtown. Quite nice. Uh, that's a wonderful place. Where do you go to church? Oh, well, I go to Annunciation with Matthew Smack, um, Sacred Heart Cathedral, where the security guard... Uh, Jose is a very good to our family, and I'm nice. from the Holy Rose, Holy Rosary Church. So Wonderful. I Praise be to God. You can't, just do us a favor, Jacob, don't let Adrian know that Holy Rosary is a Dominican church. He'll, he'll freak out. He gets very excited <laughs> around Dominicans. I love Holy Rosary. I did spiritual direction there for a while. <laughs> Praise be to God, Jacob. We're glad you're on the program. Now, Jacob, do you understand how the game is played? Uh, well, uh, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, well, I'll, I'll explain real quick. So I have three questions, but I won't ask you. I'm going to ask Adrian. I'm going to ask Rudy. One of them will give a correct answer, and one will give an incorrect answer, and you will have 15 seconds to decide which of those two that you want to go with, and then every correct answer goes into the drawing to win the prize. Are you ready to play? Uh, yes, sir. Let's do this. We'll go to Rudy first, as is our custom, our tradition. Rudy, are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Why, why are you laughing? You're a traditionalist. You look traditional. <laughs> Tradition with are a you, little t. <laughs> are, are you Are you sure? I'm I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Are you sure? I think so. <laughs> Rudy, what term refers to the priests? Or forgive me. Let's start over. What term refers to the praises recited? after benediction of the Blessed Sacrament, beginning with, Blessed be God. Uh -huh. Wait, what was that? How did that go? <laughs> blessed be God. 
You should be That's a cantor, Joe. No, uh, let's see. <laughs> I think those are called the prayers at the foot of the altar. Really? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm, okay. Mm, interesting. Uh, let's see what Adrian says. Adrian, can you tell me? Probably. What term refers uh-huh. to the praises recited after the benediction mm. of the Blessed Sacrament, beginning with, Blessed be God? Mm, I see. Okay. Well, they are said at the foot of the altar, but uh-huh. they're called the divine praises. Ah. The divine praises. Yes. Interesting. Hmm, okay. Well, Jacob, here is the deal. Uh, Adrian seems to think they're called the divine praises, whereas Rudy seems to think they're called the prayers at the foot of the altar. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jacob, Adrian. what say you? Adrian. 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 Very confident. He's Jacob. got it. He knows it. <laughs> are, are you sure? Do you, you want to contemplate your answer first? No, Adrian, Adrian, I want to, I want to, I want the benediction of the Sacred Heart yesterday. Praise be to God. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Praise be to God. He knows. Spend some he time knew with it. our blessed There's Lord. no tricking him. You could win now, Jacob. You're in the cup. You might win. We'll have to see. But let's see if we can't double your chances with this next question. And I'm going to say this is probably the easiest out of all three. Right here. Right here. This one is the easiest, Jacob. We're going to go to Adrian first. Uh, for this, Adrian, can you tell me? Uh, maybe. I'll do my best. What is, the, what is the capital sin that is an unreasonable appetite for food and drink? Why, are you calling me out? <laughs> I, I didn't say <laughs> anything about that. Oh, sorry. Taco sorry. Okay. okay. Problem. That would be the sin yeah. of gluttony. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. I wonder what Rudy's going to say. Hey, mm. Rudy. Hey, Joe. Can you tell me? What is the capital sin that is an unreasonable appetite for food and drink? Yes, that's known as extreme hunger, which uh, it's spelled X dash dream. Like extreme unction, extreme only hunger. extreme hunger. Yes. Got it. Interesting. Hmm. Me every morning. Huh. Jacob, here is the deal. The question is, what is the unreasonable, what is the name of the capital sin that is an unreasonable appetite for food or drink? Rudy says it's called extreme hunger, uh, but Adrian says it's called gluttony. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jacob, what say you? Gluttonous, gluttony, 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 gluttony. Yeah. You're in for two, Jacob. Praise be to God. Well done, sir. Okay. Now, um, looking at the clock, we got to make sure we have time to draw and win. But I'm going to be honest with you, Jacob. This next one is the hardest question uh, for today. Hardest question we've ever had. Forever? Ever. Like all questions? This is the hardest question we've ever had. I don't know. I feel like you say that all the time. It's so many. It's so hard. It's the hardest. Jacob, this one's the hardest today. I'm not sure about ever, Uh but today for sure. (laughs) Jacob, we're going to go back to Rudy first. Rudy, can you tell me? How many spiritual works of mercy are there? There are seven spiritual works of mercy. Seven, you say? Yes, sir. Let me ask you a follow-up question. How how much do you love when people ask you questions to recount the number of spiritual works, corporal works, number of Ten Commandments? I dislike that immensely. I can never remember. Huh. Well, you? Uh, you seem to be good with it, huh? Yeah, no? I, I, with I it? don't have trouble with it. I, okay. I could Let's do it seven Adrian times, says. 77 times. Wouldn't bother. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Touche. Very well nice. said. Adrian, can you tell me how many spiritual works of mercy are there? 
how many spiritual works of mercy are there? Well, if God's mercy is infinite, then there are an infinite amount of spiritual works of mercy, my friend. Wow. Well, yikes. What do I do with that? Uh, okay, Jacob, I, I warned you, this was a hard one. Uh, Adrian says it's an infinite amount, whereas Rudy says there are seven spiritual works of mercy. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jacob, what say you? Rudy has it because there are seven. And uh, as a matter of Columbus, there are seven that you have to recite before you become a third degree ninth. Yes, sir. All right. Survey says... Perfect score, Jacob. Now, what, nice. was the, that was that seemed pretty easy to you, Jacob. You feel like you got that one down pretty well. Mm. Yeah, praise God. All right, well, you're All in right. for three. You have a perfect score today, uh, Rudy. Are you mixing I'm, the pot since I'm I am uh, sede right vacante today and not in the studio? Every day I'm shuffling. Doing. Just kidding. Just on Fridays. All right, I got one in my hand here, and it's Delia. Delia. Let's go. Way to go. Our friend from Florida. Or Dahlia. Uh, Jacob, Dahlia. I'm sorry. It was not God's holy will that you should win today, but you were still a lot of fun to hang out with. Okay. All right. Thank okay. you for calling. Thank you very much. What's on, your, uh, what's on your agenda this weekend, Jacob? Are you going to First Saturday or First Friday? Uh, well, today I plan to go to Holy Rosary. You know, like yesterday, I went to Sacred Heart. Today for the noon Mass, I plan to go to Holy Rosary. And then on Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to the Catholic Charismatic Center. Okay, cool. Praise be to God. Pray for well, us. Well, God bless you, Jacob. We're grateful you called in. Call back in a month or so. We'd love to have you back on the game. Have a great weekend to you. And, uh, and to everybody else, thank you for being a part of our program. We're very grateful to you. Hopefully, you're going to stay warm and safe and off icy roads. I know uh, we're seeing reports up in the Hill Country area, part of Texas, of North Texas. It's kind of, it's kind of not the greatest road conditions out there. So we're going to pray for everybody who's on the roads today. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here Monday morning with another round of Catholic Drive Time for the full week. But if you can and you are able to, come hang out with us in the after show for the next half hour where we conversate with you about whatever you want to talk about. You get to drive that conversation through your comments on one of our live video feeds, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to uh, find the links. And by the way, make sure to get those car raffle tickets before it's too late. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Friday of the fourth week in Ordinary Time. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. 
I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines full at his command, and all the stars obey. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God, God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Christ eleison. Christ eleison. Kyrie eleison. Let us pray. Grant us, Lord our God, that we may honor you with all our mind and love everyone in truth of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. reading from the book of Sirach. Like the choice fat of the sacred offerings, so was David in Israel. He made sport of lions as though they were kids, and of bears like lambs of the flock. As a youth he slew the giant and wiped out the people's disgrace, when his hand let fly the sling stone that crushed the pride of Goliath. Since he called upon the Most High God, who gave strength to his right arm to defeat the skilled warrior and raise up the might of his people. Therefore the women sang his praises and ascribed to him tens of thousands and praised him when they blessed the Lord. When he assumed the royal crown, he battled and subdued the enemy on every side. He destroyed the hostile Philistines and shattered their power till our own day. With his every deed, he offered thanks to God Most High in words of praise. With his whole being he loved his Maker, and daily had his praises sung. He set singers before the altar, and by their voices he made sweet melodies. He added beauty to the feasts, and solemnized the seasons of each year, so that when the holy name was praised, before daybreak the sanctuary would resound. 
The Lord forgave him his sins and exalted his strength forever. He conferred on him the rights of royalty and established his throne in Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed be God, my salvation. Blessed be God, my salvation. God's way is unerring. The promise of the Lord is fire tried. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. Blessed, blessed be God, my salvation. The Lord live, and blessed be my rock. Extolled be God, my Savior. Therefore will I proclaim you, O Lord, among the nations, and I will sing praise to your name. Blessed be God, my salvation. You who gave great victories to your king and showed kindness to your anointed, to David and his posterity forever. Blessed be God, my salvation. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia. Blessed are they who have kept the word with a generous heart and yield a harvest through perseverance. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. King Herod heard about Jesus, for his fame had become widespread, and people were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why mighty powers are at work in him. Others were saying, He is Elijah. Still others, He is a prophet like any of the prophets. But when Herod learned of it, he said, It is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised up. Herod was the one who had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, whom he had married. John had said to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias harbored a grudge against him, and wanted to kill him, but was unable to do so. Herod feared John, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, and kept him in custody. When he heard him speak, he was very much perplexed, yet he liked to listen to him. Herodias had an opportunity one day when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers, his military officers, and the leading men of Galilee. His own daughter came in and performed a dance that delighted Herod and his guests. The king said to the girl, Ask of me whatever you wish, and I will grant it to you. He even swore many things to her. I will grant you whatever you ask of me, even to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? Her mother replied, the head of John the Baptist. The girl hurried back to the king's presence and made her request. I want you to give me at once on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed, but because of his oaths and the guest he did not wish to break his word to her. So he promptly dispatched an executioner with orders to bring back his head. 
he went off and beheaded him in the prison. He brought in the head on a platter and gave it to the girl. The girl in turn gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The figure of King Herod in the Gospels is a very lamentable and pitiable figure. On the one hand, we can see that there's something in Herod which recognizes truth. Uh, Herod notes that John the Baptist is a holy and righteous man, and he likes even likes to listen to John despite being perplexed. In other words, there's something about John's message that resonates with Herod as being true. And here is the part where Herod becomes pitiable. He's unable to conform his life to the truth that he hears to John. So he keeps John held captive. He refuses to conform his life to him. And then Herod becomes a kind of political player who just kind of has to pretend that he is an honest and integral figure. But really, it's all kind of for show. We wind up seeing, of course, that at the party, Herod kind of makes this promise that he will give to his daughter whatever she wants, even to half of the kingdom. And when she makes the request for the head of John the Baptist, uh, he's deeply distressed again because he knows John is good and speaks truth. But on the other hand, he cannot make the appearance of not being a man of his word. And so he would rather pretend to be honest and sincere than actually be honest and sincere. And so he goes again, or goes ahead with the dreadful deed and has Herod's head brought to him on a platter. I think in many ways, Herod's life serves as a grave warning to us and to our culture when we have a break in our relationship to the truth and what the truth is. Well, then we really just become political pawns who are kind of held ransom by the fancies of the day or whatever our culture is kind of presenting before us. I think, unfortunately, the figure of Parrot resonates with a lot of modern-day politicians, unfortunately. In some ways, you know, there's many places around the world you really aren't even allowed to run on a platform to say, I believe this is the truth and the absolute truth, and my convictions are going to guide me in everything that I do and I say. But rather, you kind of have to play to the majority and sort of enter into this political game where you kind of pretend to be honest and sincere, but you don't really stand for anything of absolute truth and concrete. In fact, you could say it's very difficult today to run on a platform where you say, I believe in an absolute truth. Everything is this kind of relativistic game, and it makes it very difficult uh, to be integral. And I suppose in many ways it even keeps many people out of politics because they know it's kind of a non-starter to begin with. If you're unwilling to play the game, it's very difficult to win it. John, on the other hand, is the figure of the righteous prophet, in fact, the last of the great prophets before the coming of the Messiah in Jesus. He also shares in common with all of the other prophets that the one who speaks the truth of God, even the truth about things which are inconvenient, such as what John did about the truth about marriage and Herod's unlawful marriage to his brother's wife, the one who speaks truth, the prophet of God, is destined to be persecuted and in many cases even destined to be killed. Kind of reminds me of the uh, 
the Greek philosopher Plato writing in the 4th century BC once said, totally independent of a religious environment, he said, if ever there was a perfectly innocent and just man, he would be crucified. Our world doesn't particularly like truth tellers and those who are righteous and just because they remind us of everything we're not. They show us the gap in our life between the truth and between what we are living. And they speak in conveniences that demand change, that demand conversion from sin. And all of those things can be hard for people to embrace and to accept. And alas, the true prophet's voice is destined to be rejected and he himself is destined to be persecuted if not killed. And we know this, of course, was the path that our Lord Jesus himself walked on. I think today's liturgy then really reminds us what we face in our culture is really a crisis of truth and being unwilling to accept that there is an absolute truth given to us by God. It becomes very difficult for people to live by convictions that are based on it. And for us as Catholics, we are reminded that in Jesus, the fullness of truth has been revealed to us. And we do know the truth about the good to be done and the evil to be avoided. And this is something we are called to live, and it's something that we are called to share, even if it means that we will be disliked, loathed, and persecuted, because when we are, we merely follow in the company of many good prophets, <clears throat> and of course, in the company of the Lord himself. So today, as we go forward, let us ask God for the grace that we would always be accepting of the truth that he has revealed to us in Jesus, and that we would be courageous and bold proclaimers of that truth. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for his physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all bishops and government leaders, that they would be guided by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and experience the healing touch of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those joining us online and through radio, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for an increase in vocations to the priesthood and religious life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord of all hopefulness, Lord of all joy, whose trust ever childlike no cares could destroy, be there at our waking and give us, we pray, your bliss in our hearts, Lord, at the break of the day. Lord of all eagerness, Lord of all faith, whose strong hands were skilled at the plain and the lathe, be there at our labors and give us, we pray, 
your strength in our hearts, Lord, at the noon of the day. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. O Lord, we bring to your altar these offerings of our service. Be pleased to receive them, we pray, and transform them into the sacrament of our redemption through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your heart. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in goodness you created man. And when he was justly condemned, in mercy you redeemed him through Christ our Lord. Through him the angels praise your majesty, dominions adore, and powers tremble before you. Heaven and the virtues of heaven and the blessed seraphim Worship together with exaltation. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in humble praise as we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in Domine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. 
Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preach of the salutaribus moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater Noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, we tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the Supper of the Lamb. 
Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love Thee as I ought? And how revere this wondrous gift, so far surpassing hope or thought? Sweet sacrament, we thee adore. Oh, make us love thee more and more. Oh, make us love thee more and more. Had I but merry sinless heart, with which to love the dearest King. Oh, with what burst of fervent praise Thy goodness, Jesus, would I sing. Sweet sacrament, we thee adore, Oh, make us love thee more and more. Oh, make us love thee more and more. Let us pray. Nourished by these redeeming gifts, we pray, O Lord, that through this help to eternal salvation, true faith may ever increase through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulcedo, Et spes nostra salve. A te clamamus, exules filii heve. A te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hac lacrimarum vale. Eia ergo, advocata nostra, 
ye lost to woes, misericordes oculos. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Is a co 